0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Question by Question, with me, your host, Karen Bauer. Today, I have a guest named Michaela. Michaela, do you want to introduce yourself and say a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So, I'm Michaela, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I
0: went to Chapel Hill, go Target. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I'm 26. Yes. So, Michaela and I, we met. Um, I think honestly like the first couple of days that we were in Ecuador. So me and Michaela, we studied abroad at the same time. Was it the spring of two thousand fourteen, fifteen? Uh, I think it was fifteen, yeah. Yeah, so spring two thousand and fifteen. And I was looking at old photos um the other day to see like when exactly it was that we met. And I think we might have met like the first week we were there we did um, this like tour Like some people could sign up for this tour where you kind of just go around the city on a bus and you get the lay of the land and um, there was a photo of me and you together at this like lookout point in Quito and so I mean I don't know if you know like the exact moment we met but I think it might have been around then yeah that's what I remember
1: too we had like started out as some restaurant like it was like a rooftop restaurant with like a view over the city do you remember that yes
0: I do wasn't there like um this like religious ceremony or something happening like yeah I- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there was like mm-hmm. people in like purple capes or something that's
1: right so I remember meeting you there and then right after we went to that park and there were all those
0: like stray dogs do you mm-hmm. remember that like yes. a crazy amount I had never seen so many dogs before and I remember that exact picture Me too. And then I remember afterwards we, the bus like stopped by this, um, the stadium or something. And I was like, oh, like we should exchange numbers. And, you know, we were kind of all figuring out like our equa numbers. Um, and we exchanged numbers. And then I don't think we ever actually had a class together, but we would plan trips together. So we went, um, one, um, one of the trips that we went on was we went to, Um, this beach for like a few days um, called Playa Ayampe. And we were there during I think it was like Semana Santa or something like that. Um, Uh And that was really fun. And then our biggest trip that we did together is that we went to Machu Picchu. And we went we stayed in Cusco for a few days. And then we hiked all the way uh, to Machu Picchu. So that was literally like one of the highlights of my life (laughs) and um so glad that I was able to do it with you and have been able to stay in contact with you um as well ever since being in Ecuador together yeah me too so this podcast episode is all about really what it means to um to have black hair And when I was thinking about this episode, I knew that I really wanted to do it with Michaela because a couple, I think it was like maybe a year ago or so, um, I was talking with her and you were telling me about sort of some things that you experienced when you were in Spain with your hair and you had just in that moment when we're talking had just done this this big chop um, and cut your hair really short and I remember I was kind of in the very beginning stages of my natural hair journey and so I was asking you a lot of questions about you know hair products you use and it was one of the first times I ever had really talked to another uh, black woman my age about their hair and their hair journey and really felt comfortable doing so and I remember as well me and Michaela we FaceTimes as well and she had you know her shirt her short hair and I was you know doing like my my Sunday night hair care routine um and I at that point hadn't been really comfortable showing my my natural hair to a lot of people and my my hair outside of my normal hairstyles and so yeah, that was a really um, helpful moment, and yeah. So when when I started this podcast and started wanting to talk to people about certain things, I absolutely knew that I definitely had to have Michaela do this episode with me and so if you're new to this podcast the format of of this podcast is that we have a topic in mind so for this one it's about hair and I told Michaela about this topic beforehand and me and her both came up with a few questions to ask one another and so we'll just have a conversation about um about our hair and our hair journeys and we'll incorporate the questions that we have for one another and just go from there so do you want to go first or you want me to go first uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I can start off first because you uh, reminiscing about Ecuador really reminded me of this of this one moment when we were on our trip to Machu Picchu, and we had I think we had stayed over in like someone's house or something. Do you remember that we stayed over in these like people's house? Like they weren't there, but yeah. uh, we had the whole house to ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and- we were we were staying with um our friends um, Hillary. Her cousin lived in in Peru, and we were staying with her cousin's friend or something like that. That's right. And I remember, like,
1: I hadn't washed my hair because I had like straightened my hair right before the trip, and I was just wearing it in like a little bun the whole time. Um, and then when we got to that house, everyone was so excited because we could like finally like take a nice shower and like wash our hair, and I didn't wash my hair because I was like oh it's gonna you know not be straight anymore and then I will have to deal with that for the rest of the trip but I remember you like went straight to the shower washed your hair and I just remember feeling like dang like I wish I had that that freedom like that so I could have felt that relief too so my question for you is did you at any point ever um straighten your hair or like chemically process your hair so that it would be straight or have you always had natural hair?
0: Uh, that's a great question so my hair for those of you who don't know is really i have really really small curls very like ringlet curls um i think in like the black uh hair community my hair would be considered like a 4c which um describes like the texture of it yeah and so my sister um she has very long curly hair and it's not as like very teeny tiny curls as me. So I remember when I was younger, I was always so envious of her hair because I was like, wow, like your hair is perfect. You know, it's it's long, it's 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 the longness where it kind of moves, you know, like it doesn't like it's not stiff. And I remember always feeling really jealous about that. And so I remember when I was younger, I would I asked my mom, I was like, hey, can I straighten my hair? And so she took me to a salon, and they i think I m- might have been like must have been like fifth or sixth grade was the first time I ever went to get my hair chemically processed and um I was in the salon, and it burned so much, like I remember just feeling so uncomfortable. Because I think, like, they were like, yeah, you shouldn't be itching your scalp before you get this done and, you know, don't itch your scalp when you're here. But I remember, like, I, I, I must have had itched my scalp a lot beforehand and it hurt so bad. And I remember crying and being like, I don't want to continue with this. And so... They had to, you know, stop the like the relaxing period, and it was my hair was like half relaxed. And I remember, yeah, feeling really embarrassed about that too, because I was like, I tried to relax my hair and I couldn't get it relaxed. Like this sucks, you know, and so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, all my life, I really have been only wearing my hair in buns. Really, like a low bun or a high bun. Sometimes in braids. Um. And I also remember, so my sister would straighten her hair sometimes, and I would borrow her straightener. And when I did, though, like I, although it, it was nice because it, it made it made my hair more easily uh, manageable, I still would always put it in buns because I didn't like the length of it because even though it was straight it wasn't like you know to my shoulders or and it didn't also like have that natural sort of flow of like straight hair that you know white people have a lot of times or like other people with not so thick and coarse curls so I was always just like ashamed of even how it looked when it was straightened like that so yeah I really didn't do much when it came to straightening my hair um but that actually leads nicely into the question that I had for you because I also had a question with um did you ever not wear your hair natural yeah um so
1: basically that is how I know my hair best because you kind of touched on it in one of your podcasts. I think it was the episode with your mom where you guys were talking about, like, respectability politics and how, like, important it is to, to fit in and how that can really, like, have consequences on your on your life and how you're perceived and everything. So for me, like, being a, a black girl growing up, um, my mom, of course, you know, growing up in the same culture, like, we just understood that there was, like, a certain you know, presentable look we were going for. So I did get my hair processed, like, when I was young, and I pretty much always knew my hair is straight for all those years. And then when I got to high school, um, I started, like, seeing YouTubers because, like, the natural hair movement kind of had, like, a resurgence at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, similar to, you know, when afros were really big and, like, uh, people were feeling empowered, I guess, in, like, the 80s and 90s and stuff. Like, that had come back, it seems. So I was really, like, looking into that, and I started questioning, like, you know, why was it so important for me to have straight hair, and, like, why didn't I know what my natural hair texture was, and, and asking all those questions, so I decided to go natural. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my senior year of high school, I stopped getting relaxers, and it was, like, hard to deal with because, um, you know, you spoke of, like, the two textures in your head, you know, like when you stop, when you stop the perm. So when you stop getting a perm, your natural hair starts going in at the roots, and the rest of your hair that's been chemically straightened is just on the ends. And so that can create like a lot of breakage. So that was a really stressful time. <laughs> like I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh, my hair is too textured. <laughs> like how am I going to wear it? So yeah, it was just. Like, I've probably had my hair natural now for probably about six or seven years, which is just kind of, like, a crazy thought when I think about how I really didn't meet my hair until I was 18, Wow! you know? Mm -hmm. And I think about how, like, people that don't have super thick hair or, like, just non-black hair, you not have had their whole life to experience their hair, you know, from being a kid, like, you know how it's going to react in certain temperatures or what it's going to do around water, or how this product affects it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have all of those experiences from the time that you're a child. And for me, I didn't have that with my hair because I had straightened it for so many years. So that's the hair I knew how to style and, and not my own. So that was kind of, like, a little bit sad to realize, but also a relief because it was just, like, I felt like I had kind of, like, removed a weight off of my shoulders. Like, once I went natural, it was like, okay, I can kind of... um just let
0: go. Yeah, I like the wording that you used when you said that you didn't meet your natural hair until you're 18 years old. I think that's so powerful. And I think a lot of black women can relate to that, especially if those who, um, yeah, have had their hair not natural for a long time. And for me, like, although I've always had my hair natural most of my life, I will say that I always, when it comes to how I do my hair, I never let my natural curls really show. So I, you know, my go-to style, like I said, is putting it in buns and putting it in a ponytail. And to do that, I always comb out my my curls. And so I never actually have honestly ever worn my hair outside of a ponytail holder unless I had braids in. And so... (laughs) I think that, you know, I'm still on this sort of journey of how to meet my hair and how to experience my natural curls and how to appreciate my natural curls because I don't I don't I still think I'm learning how to appreciate them. Um and I'm not yet at that moment where I'm comfortable enough to wear my hair um in a way that really highlights my natural curls. And I also think that I don't I don't have the knowledge as well to really highlight them too. Like I still need I'm still learning what products best bring out my natural curls and what hairstyles best help maintain them too. And so yeah, I think Words like meeting and experiencing and um, journey are really essential when it comes to talking about black hair. Because like you're saying, like society really teaches us what type of hair is respectable and what type of hair is presentable and likable to to others and what isn't. Uh-uh. And natural hair isn't in a lot of ways and hasn't been for a long time. And so we feel like we need to hide it. Yeah, that definitely then hinders our our ability to really... To really know about our hair and to really have a relationship with our hair as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always, like, you feel like you're kind of like, taming your hair. Like, even the name of the chemical process is called relaxing your hair. Mm-hmm. which like, implies that your hair is, like, tense. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to relax. And... That kind of language around it, it just makes you, like you said, like want to hide your hair, which is a huge chore Mm -hmm. because I think about like experiences that I purposefully like sat out of so that I could make sure my hair stayed straight Mm -hmm. and that is just so draining, you know? Um, Like I think about times when my friends went to go to the pool and it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that because my hair is not going to be straight anymore or like getting caught in the rain was like the worst thing to ever happen to me and mm-hmm. stuff like that even with working out like it's like oh if i work out i'm gonna sweat out my hair and it literally took me four hours to achieve this style so i'm not gonna work out either and it's like you know counting yourself out of a lot of things just for your hair like that got so tired for me by the time i was ending high school and i was like i just want to
0: be like carefree yeah the, the thing about it being called a relaxer Yeah, it's very telling what they want Mm -hmm. us to do with their hair. And I think it also relates to to just this idea that, you know, black women are loud and they're aggressive and they're wild and they need to be kept, you know, and they need to be contained and they need to calm down. And when your hair is representing your, you know, in some people's opinions, your personality, like if you have like an Afro in it, you know, that is a threat to a lot of people. And especially in, you know, corporate America, it's a threat to wear your hair proudly. And so there seems to be this sort of unwritten like rule that you have to if you're a black woman tame yourself your personality and your hair as well has to also yeah. be a part of that
1: yeah and it, and it feels like you know very diminishing it's like i have to make myself smaller to make other people more comfortable yeah. and I'm so thankful for like the way that the natural hair movement has like evolved in our lifetimes again and come back around because it's just given me so much more confidence in myself to see other people with my hair texture, like, wearing it out, Mm -hmm. Um, posting all these YouTube videos about how to style it and, like, normalizing um, hair extensions. Oh, which makes me think of another question. Um, Did you ever think of getting, like, hair extensions when you were feeling envious of the length of your
0: sister's hair? So that's interesting because I think another thing – that i felt like when it came to changing my hairstyle was this idea of broad i guess if that makes sense like I, I guess, like, mm-hmm. I would always want longer hair and be that with braids or be it with, like, extensions. But with that also comes this insecurity of people asking you, like, is that your real hair? Like, why is your hair that long? I never thought your hair was that long. Like, you, I always thought you had mm-hmm. really short hair and stuff like that. And then having to explain, like, you know, I have I have extensions in and these braids aren't all of my hair. And so I think that also was something that I was when I was younger, I really was insecure about was this idea that people would see me as a fraud for changing my hairstyle. And especially I think As well, I remember when I was in college, um, I remember, so after high school, so I basically went to, you know, middle school and high school with the same people, a lot of people I grew up with. And so when I was going into college, I was like, okay, great. Like I have an opportunity to really explore my hair now, but for the first couple of years, I still wore it in, um, like a ponytail a lot of the times. And then I remember, I think during like my junior year or my senior year, I was thinking about getting braids. But I also was just what stopped me was the fact that like, what if people then start asking questions or what if like all this attentions brought on me by my hair? And so, Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, just relating back to what we're talking about when it comes to having to minimize yourself. I knew that if I changed my hairstyle in any way, it would really bring attention to myself as well. And that was, you know, the least thing I wanted to do was bring attention to my hair, which is the thing I'm most insecure about. So (laughs) I, yeah, didn't do some styles that I really wanted to do and I didn't explore as much as I really wanted to in my past. So that was something that, yeah, was really um, – it's sad to think about looking back on.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. It took me a long time to, like, get braids in my hair or twist or anything like that for those same reasons. Like, I was nervous about that moment when people – Suddenly, notice that you changed your hair, and they have all these questions about it. Like, how did it become like this? And it, when I did decide to do it, I certainly got those questions, and it was awkward and it was othering, and it made me feel like, why do I have to explain myself? Like, why can't I just show up and, like, nobody ask me any questions? Like, let me just exist. Um, and I remember, like, close friends being curious, and because of that closeness, they're going to, you know, ask you questions, and they did ask me, like, can you even wash this hair? Like, mm-hmm. how do you wash your hair? And I just don't like that question because it implies that you're not hygienic or something.
0: Absolutely. And
1: it's, and it's not even about that. It's about, you know, my texture of hair. And I, I have the same, like, a similar texture to you. I'm like 4B for a texture so it's like very tight coils and they just like our hair really needs moisture Mm -hmm. and it doesn't like get super greasy because it's always getting dry Mm -hmm. so that's why I don't wash my hair um every other day or whatever you know and some people do like everyone's gonna have a different hair routine but I just always resented that question because it made me feel like the the implication behind it is like
0: you're not as clean as me Mm -hmm. you know I remember especially in like middle school and high school every time after PE class girls would wash their hair and I just wouldn't because I don't wash my hair every single day. Like, First of all PSA it's bad <laughs> for anyone to wash their hair every single day so if you're doing that you should definitely stop doing that. But, um, yeah, and, like, I didn't want to have to bring, like, all of my products to school and, like, go through my routine. Like, it, you know, we have very specific routines when it comes to what, you know, what we do for our hair and um, the aftercare as well. And so I just never really showered. Like, I, I would shower at school if I had to, but I never would wash my hair. Um, even, too, like, if I was at a sleepover with a friend's house as well. And so, yeah, and then people will ask you, like, oh, like, why aren't you, like, washing your hair and you shower? da 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 And it's, like, there's... Yeah, yeah, the the amount of effort that goes into having to explain about black hair and having to do that when you grow up is, is too much sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I was also going to ask you, do you have, like, specific memories of, like, friends uh, asking you embarrassing questions about your hair or, like, having moments of, like, anxiety because you know they're coming?
0: Um, do you have any, like, specific memories like that? Yeah, I think, so one memory that I have that stands out the most with with when it comes to my hair and this memory um is it's very personal to me and it I actually I don't think I've ever told anyone this so um but this kind of I think really encapsulates just the amount of violence that comes with having black hair and growing up in the especially predominantly white places and spaces with black hair. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in middle I think it was middle school and I had played I was I played like three sports in middle school so you know after a game or something you go to people's houses and um you hang out and stuff like that and so I remember I was at one of my friends' house and there's you know the whole team was there kind of and we were all hanging out and someone was like and basically the entire team was white right and so Someone was like, Karen, why don't you ever wear your hair down? Like, why do you always wear your hair in a bun? And I was just like, you know, that kind of like you get that little gut wrenching experience, that, that feeling in your okay. stomach. And you're like, oh, God, here we go. And I remember being like, because I don't want to. Like, I like my hair in a bun. And then someone else being like, you should wear it down. Like, take it down right now. Like, they're like, let's see it. And I was like, oh, "No, yeah, I know. <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't want to. And they were like, no, let's see it. And then someone else was like, yeah, let's see it. And I was like, no. And then all of these girls, white girls, came up and just like sat on me and like tried to force me to take my hair down. And I remember. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember literally just feeling so helpless in that situation, like what what is happening? Like we no one would ever do this to someone else if they were white and had their hair, you know, you know, in a bun. Like that's just this is only happening right. because I'm like a black girl who doesn't wear my hair in a way that they think is, you know, I should be wearing my hair. And I remember, you know, yeah. all of these girls were my friends. But they were being and they were acting really violent (laughs) towards me in this moment and trying to get me to do something I didn't want to do. And so, yeah, I remember just afterwards, I mean, they weren't able to get my hair out of the bun. I was holding very tightly to it, but just feeling, like, so ashamed in that moment Mm -hmm. and... Um, yes. also just so betrayed and angry and confused too of course like why are my friends my seemingly friends you know trying to make me do something that I don't want to do so that's like my yeah. the most like I guess the 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 thing that comes to my mind always when I think about my hair and think about my experiences with my hair do you also have you had any experiences where you know people are asking you questions and you can just kind of feel that the questions are gonna are gonna happen
1: oh my gosh yes, yeah. so many times Anytime there was water involved or rain, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to come up. So, a quick story: I remember one time I was walking to like a trailer classroom, like a, a classroom in a trailer, and so you had to go outside of the the high school to get to it, and it was like pouring rain and. I, like at that time, I was always on point about having an umbrella with me. Like even on days that didn't call for rain, I had my umbrella and like my raincoat always ready to protect my hair. And that day I just didn't have either. So I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, my hair's going to get wet like a dreaded day. And um, I remember just feeling kind of defeated because it was like pouring rain. Like I wasn't even trying to run or anything. I was just like, I'm gonna let this happen. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking up, one of my classmates was standing outside um, and he was a white student and he was just like, Michaela, like, why are you walking so slow? Like, aren't you trying to protect your hair? Like, you need to get out of the rain. Like, he was, like, taunting me mm-hmm. um, from, like, the, the porch that was, like, on this trailer. And it was just so, like, embarrassing. It was embarrassing that this guy who, like, you know, like, what does he know about, like, black women hair or black hair at all? And it's just, like, sitting there taunting me Knowing that I'm going to feel insecure about um, my hair, like, reverting to its natural curls and all of that. So, I just up feeling really embarrassed by that. And just, like, called out. Like, yeah. like of all people, I wouldn't have expected, like, a white classmate to, to make fun of me over that. So, there was that time. And then I remember another time I had been caught in the rain on picture day. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it was like, yes, and we had to take pictures. Like, there was no getting out of it. Um, and so, I just, you know, had to take this picture with like my big natural hair and it's like forever memorialized in the sixth grade yearbook and I remember like when the yearbook came out and everybody got their copies I was like like sweating because <laughs> I knew everyone was going to get to my page where my hair had you know gotten really frizzy that day and um, sure enough like, when the kids found me, they were like, whoa, Michaela, your hair is taking up the entire picture. Like, oh my gosh. Like, we can't even see the background and really like, making fun of me for it. And it's, it's so funny how, like, the times change because the way my hair looks in that photo is so embraced now,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you know? And people would be like, wow, your hair is beautiful. Like, those curls are popping. Like, go you. <laughs> but... Back then, as a kid, it was just so important to have straight hair to not be made fun of. And mm-hmm. you know, there were times where my, my where my hair just wasn't straight, and just
0: feeling embarrassed by that. Do you feel like when your hair was straight, did kids ask you questions about your hair being straight and if it was like "quote unquote" your your real hair?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. So when I was getting perms, my hair was was really long because um, the the chemical sodium that's that's inside of relaxers it kind of makes your hair grow um faster and longer so I had like pretty long hair for a very long time and um so people would like other students would be like oh are you mixed like how did your hair get to this length and is it your real hair and questions like that and then that's when I started hearing like the terms like good hair versus bad hair
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: and has anyone ever used that sort of language around you
0: And like, how does that make you feel when you hear that? Also, I want to say that's so interesting that people, when your hair is long and you're black, they automatically assume that you're mixed. That's so interesting. So my sister, who has much different hair than me, she's half Mexican. And so I think people kind of don't bat They They basically don't bat an eye when they see her hair because they're like, oh, yeah, you're mixed. Like, that makes sense that your hair is like that beautiful, long hair. Um... So I never really heard the term good hair or bad hair, but I guess with with me, so, you know, similar as well to like my sister's hair and other people's hair in, in my life who were mixed and stuff like that. When their hair would... I feel like their hair would get complimented all the time. Like, your hair is so beautiful. It's so long. It's so, like, you know, curly. And, you know, people... A lot of white people as well would be like, Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish my hair was, like, this beautiful and long and curly. So, and I remember hearing that at a very young age, too. And because of that, then immediately realizing, Okay, so to be beautiful and to be black, you have to have long, curly hair And you have to... And your hair has to be this texture that, you know, lets it move freely. And so my hair, which is short, curly, and coarse, isn't beautiful. So I think for me, it was more like... Instead of hearing, like, good hair versus bad hair, I really was able to see and hear, like, beautiful hair versus ugly hair. And um, what that meant when it came to uh, black hair. And, of course, like, that makes you at a very young age, feel really insecure about your hair and, like we are talking about, makes you feel like you need to hide your hair or change the texture of your hair or tame your hair and yeah. all that stuff.
1: Yes, and I think that, like, good hair, bad hair is, is really a phrase that's used a lot in, um, in maybe black communities more than, than white communities, mm-hmm. honestly. And, um, you know, I went to a lot of black schools. Like, my high school was uh, majority black, and so that sort of, like, thinking was really pervasive, and it was it was hurtful, you know, because you're, like, feeling like, you know, which, which kind of hair do I have? And, like, you know, growing up, you understand that that's totally arbitrary, and that's based in, like, you know, beauty standards, mm-hmm. and, and Eurocentric beauty standards, and there is no such thing as good hair or bad hair, and we should be focused on healthy hair, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, having people embrace uh, what they're born with. That is, like, a really hard term for me to hear, because I still hear it like even to this day, and without getting too tangential when you hear kind of people like wanting to have um, a partner of a different race so that their kids will have will come out with good hair mm-hmm. um, and like those kinds of conversations. Like I, I just, I can't stand to hear that because it's just, it's really damaging to um, black girls in particular and even black boys, like anyone coming up with Afro hair. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, just, it's very hurtful. And I hope that like our generation does a better job of
0: like, not using that kind of of language. Yeah, it's really interesting the differences between the language that we hear and the rhetoric that we hear when it comes to hair. Because for me, I grew up in primarily white spaces and going to white schools. And so, yeah, for me, hearing beautiful hair, not ever hearing ugly hair, but only hearing beautiful hair to describe a very particular type of black hair. And then for you, hearing good hair versus bad hair but you know in both of these things one coming from predominantly white communities and the other coming from predominantly black communities or just you know POC communities they're both based and rooted in the same sort of Eurocentric ideas about beauty and so it's interesting hearing how not only white people can perpetuate these stereotypes and I think you know the most amount of judgment that I've gotten about my hair I guess maybe the most um like acute judgment i've gotten about my hair has been actually from the black community when it comes to you know what is considered beautiful or good Uh, I I told a story on the podcast with my mom about how you know I remember very clearly like moments where I'd be walking past you know black women and they would see my hair and kind of look at me funny and you know be judging me or you know would go and get my hair braided and you know the the women be talking about me while my hair is being braided and stuff like that and so yeah yeah it's really toxic like like about your hair texture while they're Yes. Dealing with yes mm-hmm, absolutely yes
1: oh my god yeah yeah that's a huge problem like going to hair and I'm really selective about uh when I do get my hair styled because I want to know that my stylist is positive mm-hmm. about black hair and she's not going to be like grading my texture and like feeding into that toxicity where it's like we want people to have this type of hair this texture of hair like oh we prefer 3 B hair but mm-hmm. like no 4 type hair like that sort of thinking is just it's really hurtful and um so I I do I have a stylist that is very like into promoting like confidence in your in your texture of hair and I love that about her because I don't have to like go to a stylist who's going to make me feel bad about my hair.
0: Like, that makes a huge difference in the experience. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting, too, I think for me, a lot of times, those who are judging me who had, happen to be black women may, might have even had the same or similar type of hair that I had. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, you know, and that kind of really shows just how strongly, you know, this hatred that black women have towards their hair goes to have the same hair as a younger person or a person that you see and to be judging them for the same type of hair that you have um is yeah it's so violent and it's so dangerous especially for young girls who are hearing these things about you know what constitutes good hair what constitutes beautiful hair and so
1: so you mentioned that you had never really worn your hair out um so you've never worn your hair in an afro ever like what why is that and and what do you think that you're most nervous about with with doing that
0: yes i've never worn my hair in an afro and i guess for me what i what i'm nervous about is just um like i guess it's more just of this not knowing what products to use that will make my curls stand out the most if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. i feel like you know, if I wore my hair out, like if I just got out of the shower, put a little, you know, moisturizer in and then wore my hair natural, my hair would kind of just look like frizzy or like just like a little frizzy, I guess, afro, which is totally, yeah. totally fine and beautiful still. But for me, I think um, I'm still insecure about that. And I really want to be able to accentuate my curls before wearing wearing my hair. Um okay. And so... Yeah, like I I want to get to the point in my life and I do I know that I will at some point and I cuz I definitely want to. I want to get to the point where I um I'm able to do like a big chop. And for those I guess who don't know in in like the kind of natural hair community, the black hair community, people will talk about this thing called the big chop where basically it sometimes it's because your hair is damaged from heat, but other times it's just because you want to. Um you'll go and you'll cut you'll basically um cut most of your hair off and begin this sort of process of of regrowth um, or even just wearing your hair short and natural and so I would love to be able to get to the point where I'm just you know chop all my hair off and I start again and I start exploring my hair but for me what's what's still standing in the way which I also mentioned a little bit in my episode about travel which I actually I have a lot of questions about travel as well with you but is the idea that you know I still have to do field work in Ecuador and I think that For me, similar to the thing I was saying earlier about change, like if I was to go into Ecuador and to the place that I do work in and have completely different hair, I think I would get a lot of questions about it. And then also, I think that especially in all over the world, of course, but in certain communities as well in Latin America, there is a very particular type of standard when it comes to beauty and when it comes to gender as well and so I think that having short hair as a woman would really make me stand out in Ecuador and would I would get more I guess questions and more attentions drawn to me that I don't want so I'm sort of waiting to do my big chop until I'm kind of done with going there for extended periods of time
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I actually waited uh, to do my big chop for some other reasons. Like, I wanted to be entering a completely new space so that people that I had known before wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. by my sudden um, change in hairstyle. So, it was, like, after I got back from Spain that I decided to cut off all my hair because it had been so damaged from just, like, not really knowing what to do with my hair in Spain because they don't have... um, the product that I'm used to and trying to get it mailed to you is like crazy expensive and not worth it. So I just struggled a lot with that. And then as a result, I had a lot of heat damage when I came back and I wanted to chop off all the straight parts, which was at that point most of my hair Mm -hmm. so got it all chopped off and like before you do the big chop you like I at least had like a pinterest board and I had seen you know all these different styles different haircuts that um black women had had got their hair cut into and I I felt really optimistic like oh great like this is gonna look awesome on me like I'm just gonna show the stylist this picture like my curls are gonna be really defined like it's gonna be awesome Mm -hmm. and When I went to do it, the hairstylist, she was a black woman, and she was like, are you sure you want to do this? And she actually spent, like, maybe three or four minutes, like, really checking with me. And I was like, this is so odd. Like, I've come in, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I want to get my hair cut off, and she's trying to convince me out of it. Oh, my God. So, that made me feel like, am I about to make a mistake, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm like, what is the big deal? And, I mean, keep in mind, like, at that time, I, I kind of knew my texture because I had gone natural back in high school, but... Back in high school, I had transitioned out of relaxers, so I had never done the big chop, so my hair had never really totally converted, and I kind of threw off the process by still straightening it anyway, so I still didn't really know what my curls were going to be like, and yeah, and I I really didn't, and so when I got the big chop, it just wasn't anything like the pictures I saw online, and I was disappointed, I guess, because I thought I was going to look like these people I had seen, and I just felt embarrassed. And I remember, like, just, like, crying about it. Like, wow, I've made such a mistake. Now it's going to take, like, a year or more for my hair to grow back to, so, like, my shoulders. And I remember I didn't want to show my dad or my brother. Not that they, like, had ever in my life made me feel insecure about my hair. They understand this whole thing about black hair. So mm-hmm. they tried from a really early age to make me and my brother confident in our hair. But anyway, I for some reason, I think it relates maybe to what you're saying about, like, how hair is so related to femininity and like masculinity Mm -hmm. and like girls have long hair and boys have short hair and I just felt like the haircut kind of made me less feminine Mm -hmm. in a way and I felt like embarrassed by that and I wanted to cover up my hair with like a scarf which I did for a week Like I was very dramatic (laughs) about it. And my dad and my brother were like, can we see your hair already? Like, this is is killing us. And I was just like, no, you'll never see it. And um, eventually, like, I got over it. I showed them my hair. And they were like, okay, it's fine, Michaela. Like, you really built this up. But it was, it had just become, like, this crazy thing in my mind. Like, I had built up all these insecurities about how it looked and totally forgot what I was even going for.
0: By getting the big chop by like getting so distracted by all these things yeah it really shows just how attached we are to our hair too right like so i started i would say in the last two or three actually yeah maybe three years i three or four years actually um i've been getting braids kind of sporadically throughout my throughout my um my my time in minnesota and i remember one time right after getting my braids you know and I something that I need to work with too and it's related to what you're saying about this idea of femininity is I always when I have braids in feel more beautiful and I feel like mm-hmm. people also see me as more beautiful and so I remember like I got my braids in and I was like yes I look so awesome dah, dah, dah. and then all of a sudden just like having this wave of sadness and being like I it's so sad that I feel my most beautiful when I have this long Long hair which is really beautiful and this isn't a natural style but like why can't I feel like that with my with my own hair and so I remember in that <laughs> moment being like I want to chop off all of my hair at some point because I have such this like intense um connection or just intense like relationship with my hair and it's a very toxic relationship where I feel like without my hair I won't be beautiful and I need to have long hair. I need to do this and that to my hair. And so, yeah, I think that the big chop will be really, really emotional, like you're saying, um, because it's just like what we have when it comes to, like, our hair and what the emotions we have attached to it. But I think it will be a really important growing moment in my life as well. And, yeah, I guess some questions I had just thinking about this was, one, do you regret doing the big chop? And then another question I had is more related to, like, dating and things like that, did you ever feel like in certain hairstyles you felt more comfortable dating or that you felt like people paid attention to you more? Yeah, I love those questions.
1: Because it's funny because I actually have those same questions for you, specifically the one about dating. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll start with your first question about regretting the big chop. And I I don't regret it, honestly. I think at the time, like, if you had asked me a year ago when my hair was still growing, or two years ago, I mean, um, I think I would have told you yes. I would go back in time and like list, like heeded that hairstylist advice. Um, but like after I did it and got comfortable with it, I really feel like it was such a great decision because it just felt like I was giving myself permission to be myself, mm-hmm. which is like something I had never really had or um, thought about on such conscious levels but it was just like okay like now I have my hair like this is how I was born this is how I'm supposed to look and there's just something really like freeing about that Mm -hmm. And I mean it, it wasn't totally like you know easy and like a walk in the park because it's just black hair is political like, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Everyone thinks that you're trying to make a statement with your hair. If you're straightening your hair, people might assume that you're assimilating or you're trying to, like, be more white, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. And if you wear braids, people might assume that, um, you know, get it like, there's, like, a stigma with, like, getting hair added and how yes. that can be, like ghetto or Mm -hmm. whatever like that's out there and then if you just have your natural hair then it's like oh you're revolutionary you're like (laughs) Angela Davis like you're (laughs) making a statement (laughs) it's like I'm not doing any of those things I'm just wearing my hair like Mm -hmm. that's that's all it is so I did get a lot of people kind of like thinking that I was like trying to make a statement Mm -hmm. with my natural hair and I really like did not like that kind of attention at all because I like I just don't want my hair to be the center of any conversation so I just didn't like that and I remember at work um, when I was wearing my afro I remember one of the other uh, black guys I was working with he like walked by and like in the middle of the floor held up like a black tower fist oh. and was like for the people or like some kind of like oh my praise. gosh and I was just like okay yes like I love the the energy here but like That's not what I'm trying to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I I was just trying to get comfortable with myself. So Mm -hmm. I just didn't like the assumptions people were making about me. But I also came to realize that you're never going to get around that, you know? Like, people are always going to make assumptions about you, especially black women in their hair. And so the best I could do for myself was just really focus on getting comfortable with it. And then just, you know, moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it. And then your other question about dating, and if I wore certain styles... Yes. I always uh, wore my hair straight on dates because I thought that would be easier. Like, I thought I would get more flights that way. Like, I thought men would find me more attractive with straight hair. So, that is how I did it. And I also felt, like, a pressure to show up how I looked in my pictures. So, I didn't want to have, like, a straight profile picture or a straight hair profile picture and then show up with, like, curly hair or, like, a bun or a twist out or something. So, I did do that. And that was a bit stressful because I felt like... I always felt like there was going to come this moment where I'm going to have to tell this guy that my hair does other things than be straight, and then I I don't know if that would be a deal breaker for him. Mm-hmm. Like I had that like very real insecurity, and I'm I like by like maybe the because I like had the apps, the dating apps, and then I like deleted them. I think by like the third time, I decided to put up pictures of myself with multiple hairstyles, mm-hmm. including my big chop hair um so that they could see all my hairstyles Mm -hmm. and they actually didn't know which version of me was going to show up on the date so I kind of felt like I was being honest like I'm being really open about how much I change my hair um but it also gave me the freedom to show up on the date you know how I wanted Mm
0: -hmm. so that that really worked out for me Ooh, I love that yeah I have very similar sentiments with that I dated a little bit when I had you know my my hair when i would wear it in buns and stuff like that just a little bit but I remember when I had my braids, I kind of, my mentality was like, oh yeah, like now I'm feeling more comfortable and, you know, get more likes on, you know, the dating apps because I look better, you know, or, you know, and then at some point, of course, the braids have to come out, right? Like you can't have your braids in for months and stuff like that. And yeah, I remember just feeling so much anxiety with that. Um, And I remember, so, I can talk about that in my, in my current relationship. Um, I met John with, with braids in and, and then, you know, a few months into our relationship, I had to take my hair out and I didn't know how to do it without making it a big deal because in my mind it was a big deal. But I also was like, why, you know, like, why is it this a big deal? And like you were saying, it was kind of like, is this like the breaking point like if he sees me with my natural hair will he not like me um yeah and so i remember i think during that time i had i actually like invited him over and i w- had him watch me kind of do it i'm pretty sure but okay. just yeah feeling really insecure about that and i remember as well when it came to dating and like if i would spend the night at someone's house or even at my place i wouldn't wear my bonnet to sleep either because Oh, I, yeah. I didn't want the person to, to be like, you know, to see me in this sort of this really black, <laughs> uh, environment. And yeah, I don't know. it That to me is so silly to, to do that, to not be my most authentic self, um, when it came right. to like what I did in my nighttime routine, because I didn't want people to judge me.
1: I totally get that. I went through the same thing. Like any sort of sleepover, especially if I was um, sleeping over with like my Uh, white best friends I was like they like at all costs they can never know that I wear a bonnet to bed like Mm. for such a long time that felt uh, like embarrassing you know or like a scarf and you know it's just I don't feel like that anymore having you know gotten older and just feeling like even though I still grapple with these insecurities and people judging me for my hair and everything it's always just so much more worth it to feel like yourself Mm -hmm. like it outweighs everything else. So even you know, when I was dating my boyfriend now, who's, you know, super positive about my hair and everything, um, but before we even got into those discussions, I remember, like, oh my gosh, he's going to find out that I wear a bonnet to bed. <laughs> like, what is he going to say? <laughs> like, this is not sexy. Like, this is not cute. Um or that's how I felt. But he didn't say anything. Like, he was just like, all right, we're going to bed. Like, she's wearing her pajamas and a little hat on her head is a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fine. I love that. And I'm glad that your boyfriend, uh, John, was really, like, nice about it when you took out your braids and, like, affirmative and just quelled all that anxiety because that moment is really important because mm-hmm. it's, like, big in our heads. And when your person has, like, the right reaction, it's like, whew,
0: like, sigh of relief. so yeah absolutely yeah I remember when I wore a bonnet for the first time he just like your boyfriend was like okay yeah this is just a part of the nighttime routine now like great <laughs> which is like the only reaction that anyone any partner should give to their their black uh their black partner as well you know but there should be no other sort of reaction that is given with that moment
1: yeah exactly and I also happen to think that like a lot of the care that um, black women take of their hair are like just like generally nice things to do for your hair like mm-hmm. even if you have non-black hair because um, like protecting your hair at night you know that's that's just a good thing to do so mm-hmm. if other people like I sleep with a, a satin pillowcase because cotton pillowcases kind of dry my hair out mm-hmm. um, I imagine that could be the same for other people like people with curly hair that could be the same for them, you know? And maybe they don't
0: know that. Yeah. So there's been this movement of, like, the curly girl method, which I think is primarily white or at least primarily non-black. And I think, yeah, people are seeing who, who, you know, they're kind of seeing for the first time things we have always known, like, oh, like, do not wash your hair all the time and do not use shampoo all the time. Like, you can do, like, you know, a co-wash and then, you know, don't use a towel to dry your hair. You can use, like, um, a t-shirt and don't sleep with, like, um, yeah, cotton pillowcases and stuff like that. So I think it's interesting and helpful that, you know, more people, more women in particular are getting into this sort of natural and hair care journey, you know, see it with, like, the curly girl method. But it's also interesting to note that a lot of the things that, that, um, you know, are a part of the curly girl method do stem from things that black women have already known and have been doing for a long period of time. Okay, I
1: I did have another question for you. Uh, Well, two, really. Um, The first question is, how did you talk to your mom about your hair? Um, Like, what kind of conversations did you have with her? Did you express your insecurities about your hair? Did she know about that? Um, And then did she, like, have any insecurities herself and, like, knowing how to
0: style it? I actually had questions about our parents as well, so that's great. Um, Yeah, so my mom, for those who don't know, is a white woman, and she has two black girls. Um, My hair, like I said, is very tiny, thick, thick. textured hair uh, very coarse and my sister's hair is curly and um longer and I would say it's just easier in some ways to to get through with a comb um so two different two very very different types of textures and I think all of my life my sister by others was told um, that her hair was really good and was beautiful and all this stuff. And then I never really heard that from other people as well. So my mom definitely, growing up, really wanted to emphasize that me and my sister both had really beautiful hair. Not just her hair, but we both had beautiful hair. We had different hair, but it was beautiful. And, you know, she so she would do my hair for me when I was growing up. And she learned how to do my hair from black women in her life and women as well in her life who had children who uh who were black too and so I think that helped her but um you know her insecurities probably came when it came to braiding my hair and things like that so she would take me to salons to get my hair braided and that kind of stuff um and she would make sure to take me to Salons that were black owned. And so, yeah, I think she really tried to instill a love of my hair for me. But I think just growing up in predominantly white spaces and seeing all of my friends hair really didn't it didn't really help that much just because I mean I still had so much hair insecurity and so much hair sort of hatred as well for myself that yeah I just I think sometimes that even no matter how much you try to instill some sort of love for your natural hair from like your parents it's still it takes you to be the one to actually um, start, you know, believing it. And so I hadn't – I didn't believe it at a young age. And um, it's still something yeah. that I'm working through. But, yeah, so my question was truly the exact same about, like, what was your relationship with your hair and – but, like, what was your relationship with your parents, too, when it came to them teaching you about your hair and stuff like that? So
1: it's, it's so, like, interesting to try to work through now that we have, like, like the terms and, like, the, the knowledge about, like, culture and everything to kind of put – like a language around how we were feeling like growing up Mm -hmm. but not knowing when we were growing up how to like articulate that so basically as a kid I had internalized like as long as my hair is straight people will think good things about me and like so that that was pretty much how I felt about my hair like okay my hair is long it's straight like I'm in the clear um and all I have to do is avoid water mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like a very difficult task um but my parents you know they had like the same approach like they really wanted me to love myself as I am love my hair but at the same time you know they're in the culture as well so they understand respectability, politics and how like you mentioned in your podcast with your mom that you knew how your hair was styled was, like, a reflection on your mom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I felt that, too. It's, like, when I'm out and about places, like, if I don't look neat, that could be embarrassing to my mom, and I don't want that. So, like, even when I wanted to kind of, like, be more adventurous with my hair, I still felt like, okay, but I'm representing my family here, so mm-hmm. I can't, like, take too many risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like we, I was a bit, like, we were sort of in sort of like, a box, like, literally a box, and they wanted me to be very, like, comfortable with my hair, but unfortunately, it had to be inside of that box. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I don't Absolutely. Know that's yeah. clear. Okay, so it was, like, that, and then when I was talking to my parents more and more about, like, wanting to go natural, you know, they were kind of, like, like a bit curious about it because, you know, they grew up through, like, the Afro time and, and all of that, Um, But they kind of thought it went out of style. So I know that, like, the overwhelming message from my parents was positivity about loving yourself. But I also think that just like me, they felt bound by respectability politics. And so that kind of limited
0: exactly what we could do with our hair. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially the last thing you said about, you know, you point to different moments in in your decisions to go natural where people, black people were like, are you sure you want to do this? And I think that's sort of, I think that that question is very loaded because on the one hand, it's like, are you sure you want to bring more attention to yourself? Like you're saying, Um, because Mm -hmm. we live in a society where any change that any black woman does to their hair brings attention, but especially when you're sort of breaking these these rules, these feminine rules, by cutting your hair really short, you know? And then again, it's like, are you sure you want to go through sort of this emotional journey? Because it's going to be a lot of emotional work to work through what it means to have short hair and what it means to not hold so much weight in your hair as well. Um, which you're talking about how freeing it is and how our hair, no matter what, is seen as this political object, even if we're trying to mm-hmm. just... Uh, get rid of it and, and depoliticize it you know it's still people are you know see you and they are say oh you're so brave look at you on this journey da da da. and it's like can I just be yeah. a person who wanted to cut my hair off <laughs> and to not have right. it be like a burden in my life <laughs> like
1: uh, another question I had for you was it's kind of a two-pronged question so like when the natural hair movement was becoming really popular online and everything did you feel that even with that happening that there was sort of like a a focus on like looser textures like black girls that had looser texture hair and that was kind of being like promoted in a really generalized way it's like like I was getting the impression like I was under the assumption that my hair was going to look like the hair that I had seen popularized online and it wasn't until I got my big chop that I understood that that hair was being popularized because it's more like socially acceptable and my type 4 hair really wasn't being promoted like that so I sort of like had an expectation that my hair was going to be a certain way that it turned out not to be and because of that I almost felt like uh,
0: like a little bit disillusioned like the not- like I had been misled mm. basically um, did you ever feel like that I haven't been and wasn't um, as um, in tune with the natural hair movement as maybe you were but I do totally agree with you when it comes to this idea of with your natural hair it's gonna look a very certain way um, if, if I cut my hair I'm I'm like like I was saying to you before I don't want to cut do the big chop until I figure out what product will make my natural hair curls the most like defined so I think there is like this really big emphasis on like with the natural hair movement having still sort of this respectable hair and like I don't know how to describe it kind of like you want to emphasize and to bring out I guess this beautiful curl and you know in a lot of ways like After I shower and put some product in, my hair doesn't look like that. You know, it doesn't, there's not this beautiful curl that's like uh, perfectly maintained. And um, yeah, yeah, when it dries. And so I think there is Mm -hmm. in the natural hair movement definitely things that are a preference to people in what they are kind of pushing out towards um people as well as this like very particular type of natural hair
1: yeah I totally agree with that and I was thinking that because I um when you were talking about how like you're one of the reasons you're nervous to wear an afro is because of your curl pattern and it not being like defined enough to to see um like the the ringlets in your hair mm-hmm. uh, once it dries and I just think that maybe that is something that's coming next for the natural hair movement is to like get to that point where like not being able to see super defined curls is also embraced as beautiful um, and that like that's perfectly acceptable too you know, Mm -hmm. because I think that's why, um, you know, I was trying a lot of twist outs and like uh, braiding my hair at night when I go to sleep so that when I woke up and took the braids out, it would have a defined curl. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of work in that too, like going to bed every night and braiding up your hair is like an hour of work or Mm -hmm. 30 minutes at least. And it's like, The whole point of me transitioning from having straight hair to natural hair was to get away from all the time I spent in my life on my hair. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I found, like, oh, my natural hair routine is just as, like, cumbersome as my straight hair routine. Like, I need to um, simplify this because that's what I'm really trying to to get at. And the, the, like, straightest route simplifying your hair routine is, of course, accepting your hair, Mm -hmm. um, which is easier said than done. And I still have my days where it's, it's not like, you know, loving your hair is like, like you've arrived, you know, like the work is done and never again will you feel insecure about your hair. It's like a daily choice and like a consistent effort, you know, and like, especially with the media, like even seeing black women on television or in popular culture, it's not like they're they're like being uh praised for their four C hair mm-hmm. you know? It's like Rihanna wears long leaves and so does Beyonce and so does Nicki Minaj and like uh you're grateful for that black representation of course but it's like the hair though.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Where's the hair when it's, um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, where's the hair? Like, how come certain hair textures are still being preferred over others, like, even by our community? So that's still something I I work through, too.
0: Um, So we've been talking for truly so long. Um, Do you have any uh, last questions for me? You know, you're right.
1: I have, like, a million more questions to ask you. I really wanted to um, ask you about travel, Mm -hmm. but, um, and just, like, traveling with your hair and just other cultures, uh, you know, if you felt like... Like, when you're in Ecuador, has it ever come up, your hair, with, like, your host families
0: and stuff? Maybe what we should do, actually, is do, like, a whole separate uh, podcast episode at, at like, a later date all about uh, travel and hair. Because I also had, like, five other questions about your experiences in Ecuador and also your experiences in Spain, too, when it came to how you maintained your hair and the kind of questions and looks you got with your hair, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. A part two. Yes, definitely. Um, So I guess then the last question that I would love to ask you is, how is this conversation leaving you feeling? It's leaving me feeling really, like, like, relieved. Like, oh, I have had, like, a chance to tell someone who I know
1: really relates to this experience about all these, like, insecurities and issues to work through. I feel relieved and I feel optimistic um, to continue with accepting my hair and and being more experimental with it and embracing it.
0: I 100% agree. I think we both can say that, you know, this... I think, and for me at least, I feel like I'm very open to a lot of things um, in my life. You know, this podcast I have been very candid in so many ways. I think I've been the most nervous about this episode just because of, I think for me, my hair, I am so insecure about it still. And I it carries the most um, baggage in my life and um, yeah, insecurities. And so I was really nervous to do this conversation, but also I knew that it was really important for me and to me to be able to talk to someone like you who I, you know, we have very similar experiences with our hair and we were able to have a conversation that is vulnerable, but um, is also, I think in a lot of ways for me, it has been really healing to, to talk through this with you because yeah, it's just, it's, it's normalizing talking about this. That's really important important for me. I just love the thing you said earlier about, you know, talking to you about your hair in terms of meeting your hair for the first time or experiencing your hair. And this conversation is leaving me really optimistic and happy and excited about being able to experience my hair and to continue meeting my hair. Yay. I'm so glad. Well thanks for having me on your podcast. This is really exciting yes thank you so much for for joining in and like i said um if you guys like this conversation and you want a part two definitely let me know and you know if you like this podcast episode please leave a comment um on apple and rate and uh subscribe and follow the podcast and if you want to keep up to date on you know who the next guest is going to be or what the next next topic is going to be definitely check out the instagram page qbqpod that QBQPOD. All right, this has been another episode of Question by Question. Thanks.